Episode 46 of the Hanging with Wang podcast is live across all podcast streaming platforms. We're not really live, but you know, you get my point. Um, happy to be back in the studio. Happy to be back to talking sports. Been a long time since I've been able to talk sports. I mean, I take it back. I talk sports, but I talk sports in settings that aren't pleasing to talk sports in. I talk sports at work. Okay. I talk sports at the dinner table. I talk sports on the couch. I talk sports to my girlfriend. She doesn't know what I'm saying, but I definitely do that. Okay. I talk sports, but I haven't talked sports on here, at least not extensively in a long time. So I figured we might as well work in a good story alongside with that. And if you didn't see already on the Instagram page or anywhere else on social media, Arsenio Arrington joining us on episode 46. He's a former NAI All-American from Aquinas College, ended up going overseas, and he went everywhere. I'm talking Germany, Malta, Romania, El Salvador, before coming back to the United States and eventually working his way onto the practice squad with the Grand Rapids Gold, the minor league affiliate of the Denver Nuggets. And let's just say he impressed but I'll leave the rest of that to the podcast. But it's basketball talk. It's episode 46. Arsenio Arrington here on the Hanging with Wang podcast. I love you, I love you, I love you. Until I, until I, I love you, I love you, I love you. Until I find the I've been hot since the birth of my son. I remain unfazed. Trust worse has been done. Man, fuck evaluation. Show me personal funds. It's the yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, like what what we were talking about earlier, just the fact that you are now, you know, playing for the gold. You're not in the National Basketball Association, but what you are doing is you're playing affiliated basketball. Right. And that's something you can say for the rest of your life. And coming from where you came from and playing in the NAI, that already is a long shot. Yeah. What is it like? I mean, you put ink to paper immediately after you sign that contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's that feeling? Uh, excitement, but I don't, I don't, it's like a mixed emotion things because it, it happened so fast. So mm-hmm. um, it was just like everything was just kind of overwhelming, but in a good way, though. Right. Like it was just I was just ready to start. Like it was the next day, too. So like I got the call and it was like, yeah, we need you to come to practice. Tomorrow. So you had no time to even. No, yeah, literally, exactly. literally the whole first day. I'm just like, man, right. that's Nick Stauskas. That's Lance Stevenson. That's Jason Terry. <laughs> I'm like forgetting that I'm in yep. the practice, though. This like a, it's crazy. This is a different level. This right. is a different level. But. But who did you uh, who'd you call first? Um, who did I call first? <sighs> might have been, might have been you. That says a lot. You didn't, or yeah, it was <laughs> called you. And then it was, right. and and then it was Coach B. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All it right. It was Coach B. That's got to be that's got to be a crazy feeling. But I do want to take it back to the beginning. So mm-hmm. you're from Chicago. Yeah. Um, you went to Roberto Clemente yep. Community Academy. Yeah. Um, are you from Westtown, Chicago? No, I'm actually from the South Side. Oh, you but, are? Um, okay. Yeah. Then, then I ended up moving to right. the West Side. Uh, I got you. The basketball culture is vibrant in mm-hmm. Chicago. Um, I mean, you're talking about the greatest player in the history of the game, playing yeah, for that yeah. city for the longest time. He for set sure. the standard. Yeah. Then you have the generation with Derrick Rose when he came along. What was it like coming up in the city of Chicago? Because 
it's not only is it a vibrant basketball culture, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a tough culture. Yeah, it's a, I mean, the Chicago. culture is I mean, there. Like The name carries a lot of exactly. you know, a lot of weight with it. So exactly. what was that like coming up? Um, it was just more, I had I had a good family. Like, I had a good support system behind me. So mm-hmm. the tough part of it, like, yeah, you, you, you go through it and stuff, but they helped me like focus and they knew i don't know it's just crazy how you know how you hear like stories like i just knew he was special then like that's how it felt like like they just knew that i was gonna do something so they like made sure they pushed me away from all the bad stuff but just growing up in basketball like any gym you go to is super competitive like i remember growing up and i'm going against college players and stuff and i'm barely a freshman in high school like it's just things like that and um yeah and then you go to the downtown part of chicago then you got like the fashion culture and Mm -hmm. entertainment culture Mm -hmm. and it's just the city just so like different parts of the city that you go to it's like you just get some something different from every part right yeah right it's just a different type of feeling i don't know yeah did you get a lot of looks was it easy to get looks i mean you um, you guys had about you know what? I saw a recent enrollment, like 700 kids, I think. At yeah, it wasn't even Clemente, that many. When, yeah, something was, like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's tough to get college coaches to come and watch those games just because, you know, you guys are a little bit smaller. Yeah. Did you get a lot of looks? In high Not really. Um, the looks that I did get was because of the head coach that I had, mm-hmm. um, Terry Head. Um, he he was like a big name coach in Chicago for mm-hmm. many years. And he coached at a Foreman High School and they cool. won like multiple conference championships in a row and then my senior year uh my senior year he ended up leaving and then he came to our school like random he came to our school and so like he already has a rep so he has individuals that he can call like at the end of the season for us and stuff so he got he has schools in his back pocket um and then he put me on with an aau team a travel team out of Mm -hmm. milwaukee and uh that's kind of where i got my looks from once i started traveling with him and stuff how competitive you talk about how competitive it was coming up in the city of Chicago and some of the guys you played against any notable college names, any, um, any guys we would know, uh, Cliff Alexander. Okay. He played at Kansas. Definitely know that name. Um, Jaleel Okafor. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I, I didn't play, but I saw, um, our varsity team play at Anthony Davis. I seen him play and it was crazy. It was <laughs> it's unfortunate. Crazy he can't stay healthy. Man. Yeah. And if he could, nah, that would man. be a different He'll be on the LA, top. He'll be really. on the top of the, the list for, cause yeah. out of Chicago for sure. If he can 100%. stay healthy. When did you meet first meet Bart? It was, um, he actually is funny cause him and the head coach that was supposed to be my coach, coach mm-hmm. hammer. They came and they said, he said he saw me like, in junior college and I had no idea. Right. But um I just got a call from it was just one night I was in my dorm room and I got a call from Coach Hammer first. Well I got a call from Coach Bertoya first and then he was like uh just introducing himself and about the program a little bit and then he was like, Well I'm gonna have the head coach call you mm-hmm. and then I talked to the head coach for like maybe an hour and he right. just just sat down to talk and um yeah, and then after that, Coach Coach B was just around, like, more consistent than any college coach. Like, mm-hmm. I had a couple Division ones, Like, I had Division II NCAA and stuff like that. And I don't know, it was just something about he was constant. Like, every other day he was checking in. And he sent me, like, a picture of my name on, like, the, the locker already, and I haven't even committed yet. And it was just a different That's type a of feeling. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And then when I went there, the guys were real welcoming. Open gyms were nice. And, and yeah, it was, just, it was just the right fit for me, for sure. I feel like a lot of kids look at, when they look at college basketball, or even college sports in general they go well it's d1 or bust Mm -hmm. anything else outside of d1 it's just it's not it when you committed to an naia school Mm -hmm. 
over, you know, your potential offers at D1? Was it just a decision like, listen, I'm going to play more and this is a place that mm-hmm. appreciates me? I mean, mm-hmm. what, what, is, what was it about Aquinas that made, yeah. yeah, I want to play there over, you know, potentially? Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely the relationship I built with the coach. Like most of the coaches that I talked to, um, they were like, we had an initial conversation and I really didn't hear from them much during the recruiting process. But uh, yeah, Coach B, so I felt comfortable there. I knew I was going to play more. I knew we had a good team coming in, like just looking at everything. I knew it was a good team. And uh, at the time, my son was going to be born too. Mm. And I didn't want to travel and then miss things or try to have him come with me, okay. him and his mom come with me, and then we have to figure it out like in a different – like because right. I, I was going to go to Virginia. It was a school in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um Concord University mm, yeah and it's in it's in Virginia and I was going to do that but it was just too far so I want to stay close in Michigan as well so how hard has it been managing that on top of you know also pursuing what you want to achieve in basketball uh it, like when like early like he's five now so mm-hmm. early it was it was real challenging yeah. but once you get older you start to figure things out and right. family support and things like that so how how special was it to see Bart come out to your game last night? I saw those pictures, and that must have been pretty cool. Yeah, no, nah, it's cool, man. He's yeah. been to every game that I said I was going to address. He's been to him, so mm-hmm. everyone. So the first game was always the – it was the one, like it was the best one. And I got in, too, so it was yeah. crazy. So, right. What did you take away most from that experience you had at Aquinas? Obviously, you're NAIA All-American, so you took away some hard, you know, hardware yeah. from your experience there, but what was it about being on that team that you're like, uh, that's going to stay with me for the rest of my life? Just the brotherhood. Like, that was probably the closest team that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Like, if you saw one of us, you saw all of us. Like, we had our own table in the in the um, cafeteria and everything. And, and then outside of that, like, Aquinas as a whole is like for networking part like they help you like build towards networking like I became such a better communicator and mm-hmm. like a people's person from Aquinas just mm-hmm. because of how welcoming like the professors and it's a small school so you right. get to know everybody around campus right. so so you felt like they welcomed you in and yeah. made you a part of what they for sure for sure like it's like if it's like an honor when I get like alumni like emails and stuff like that, yeah. like oh they want me to come <laughs> out, like <laughs> I'm sure they're I'm sure they're happy to hear them, man. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. But did they walk you through the campus and everything when they brought you there first? Yeah, yeah, I walked through the whole campus. I uh, got you. It was with Coach B and uh, it was another player as well. So, okay, like a returning player. So what was your? I think it was your senior year. You kind of flipped a switch. So you were mm-hmm. second in blocks, second in scoring in the whack. After your senior season, was it already decided in your mind that you're going to continue playing? You're going to yeah. go overseas. And yeah, it was. Uh, it became more of a a possibility. Like it was right in front of my eyes as senior year was going along. Right. Um, but I knew once I graduated high school and I went to college to play and I was on a scholarship, I knew from there I was like. There's no reason for me to like stop. Like, why can't I play after if right. it's already I'm in a small percentage of people who make it took even get a scholarship in college right. and play. And so, um, yeah. And then just networking through Grand Rapids and mm-hmm. through Aquinas. Like that's re- that's ultimately what got me to start playing overseas. Working in minor league baseball for the last three seasons, there's one thing that minor leaguers always say, you know, even if you're 30 and you're still in double A, play until someone tells you you can't. No. Keep doing it. Don't stop. Is that the same mentality that you have? Is it one of those things like I'm going to keep playing until the wheels fall off? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I I have no... I don't even want to start thinking about when I'm not playing. Like I could, I feel like I could do this forever. I I feel like I could do it forever. So (laughs) 
For sure. Until my body tells me that I can't do it, like mm-hmm. I'm going to be playing for sure. How, what was the adjustment like? So you graduate from Aquinas, right? So you go from four years of playing roughly for the same team, obviously mm-hmm. a different, you know, yeah. roughly a different cast every year. And then you go across the world, Germany, Romania, Malta, El Salvador was your last stop. Yeah. What, what was it like adjusting to all of these different cultures? I mean, I know people that go overseas yeah. and play, but I mean, basketball is a universal language. You yeah. know, that you know yeah. how to play basketball. Exactly. You don't know everything else that's going on. I mean, what was that? Yeah. Germany was Germany was rough. Yeah. Germany was rough, especially <laughs> where I was at. I was in like the south of Germany mm-hmm. and it was a small town. So mm-hmm. like everybody didn't speak English. So it was like hard. It was so hard to like communicate in the German language is so tough. Like in El Salvador, like everybody didn't really speak. Well, it was like half and half. Yeah. 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 And so like, it was like half and half. So like, I kind of knew Spanish. So it was easier for me, but I never took German ever. Right. So like, I had to have teammates help me and things like that. And then my second year in Germany, I did two years in Germany. Mm -hmm. My second year, um, I was with a host family. Mm, okay so it was like uh, it probably helped you out it was like an older lady and like her two daughters okay and uh it was just weird though at the same time like i had my own room and it was like they was like trying to like tell me like you're welcome to like this space and like the front room and Mm -hmm. stuff it was just like i don't know (laughs) you feel like you're in somebody else's spot it was weird yeah 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 yeah. i did i did the host family thing once and it's just weird like i'll just stay in my room yeah exactly like i didn't even i don't know i felt like i was tiptoeing around there like i didn't want to see them for real like Mm But I mean, they were cool though. Like when I actually talked to them, like they spoke English and everything, and like they were good people for sure. Like they definitely, it wasn't them; it was like me. Yeah. And then you I had to leave. Yeah. Little bit. yeah. And then I left sure. early because I tore like uh, a little bit of my Achilles. Okay. So I had to come back, and then um, that's tough. Yeah, it was tough, and I didn't need surgery, so it was just like whenever my body heals, like that's when I can go back. So. I went um, back to Chicago to rehab and mm-hmm. stuff, and um, I started working. And then I got a call randomly from my agent about Romania. It was mm. like a tour. So the whole team is Americans. You fly over there for like two weeks, and then you play like teams in the country. Okay. And so that's what we did, and then I played well. Like after probably like no doubt, it was probably like two weeks. Like yeah. I had two weeks to get ready. Mm-hmm. And we went out there, and uh, we played five or six games, and I played well. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, came back, ended up going to Malta for that time and then El Salvador yeah. what's the basketball culture like in some of these spots I mean we know America dominates mm-hmm. in, in basketball but mm-hmm. I think the NBA has done an outstanding job of making this game international yeah you know, for I sure. can't say that for all sports but in basketball it's certainly getting popular and over right. in Europe there's a there's a good pool of talent exactly what's the basketball culture, culture like in some of these places is it as strong as it is Germany for sure yeah because um, the team I played for my first year they had a, a first first men's team so we were the second men's team. They had a first men's team who played in the BBL, which is the top league in Germany. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, uh, like, if you look through rosters, a lot of college players you might have forgot about or NBA players that left, like, they play in that league or they play in the Euro League, right. which is also in Europe. So those spots were competitive. Um, Malta basketball was probably, like, third on the list. Right. I didn't really care about basketball like that for yeah. real. Yeah. So that, that was what that was. Romania was okay. How big and were the stadiums in Germany? Were they pretty big? Yeah, pretty big? super and big. And they packed them out? Yeah, for sure. Really? But some of the floor, like the, the stadiums were big, but the floors were like old school and the rims were weird. Really? Like, yeah. Were you slipping all over the place? Yeah. The, <laughs> oh, my God. And they have like these, they use the courts for so many sports. Mm-hmm. So it has different lines on 
it all through the court and it's mm. like red, yellow, green, like and we're like, which which line is out of bounds? Like right. we have to literally they have to tell us before the game so we like don't step out of bounds or what back. What about court. like resources and weight rooms and stuff like that? Did that all changed depending on where you were? Yeah, like Germany, like was probably like I said, like the most they they care about basketball the most yeah. out of the all the countries I've been to. Right. So they had trainers, we had a physical therapist that we can go to. Mm-hmm. Um we had we had a uh, weight room in the gym and stuff like that. Now the other like when I was in Malta, we had they actually gave us a membership to a gym mm-hmm. that was in the town. So you really go on your own. Um okay. and then El Salvador we got a membership as well. I got you. Yeah. Did you run into any trouble just being an American uh, over there? And and, and on the court. On the yeah, court? On the okay, court. not off yeah, the court. Okay. Yeah, it was a couple scuffles on the court. Really? We, okay. Yeah. Just because they knew that you were from the United States? I think States, so. They and they just, they kind of like test, they kind of like test you. They, they po- do they little things. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah, do yeah. little things to yep. see what, and you can see it out of the, like the foreign players, like mm-hmm. in the NBA, like they try to do that with some NBA players too, I think. Right. But I mean, yeah. I think there's a, I think there's a knock on European players, like they're finesse players or they're mm-hmm. soft or something like that. Is there mm-hmm. any truth to that? Or nah. will they, will they they just get up in you. They just not they're they just not they don't make highlights. Like they're not gonna fill up a highlight tape. Yeah. Like they yeah, they're just fundamental. They're mm-hmm. gonna take advantage as soon as you make a mistake on defense, like they're quick to take advantage. And the way all five move on the court as one, like, you know, in the NBA it's usually one or two ball dominant dudes on the court. Yeah. So, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, no, nah, it's like all five. You have to really guard. You have yeah. to guard all five. <laughs> so like, like the Spurs back. In the yeah, league. literally. They knew, so. to, they knew how to move the basketball. Mm-hmm. Um so you're you're playing over there. By the way, I wanted to ask, so one of the biggest knocks on the G League is mm-hmm. you guys don't play defense. Right. There's just no defense in the G League. There's no defense in the NBA. <laughs> uh Maybe a little bit true, um, but I think it's also hard to play defense with the current rules. It is. And you're playing against guys who are that much bigger, stronger, and faster than Thanks. what they were 30 years ago when you were allowed to hand check guys. Exactly. This is true. Is it that there's no defense, or is it that it's just that much harder to get in front of guys legally and play mm-hmm. the play a defensive position? I would say it's a little bit of both. Um, there are some, I mean, and you see it through scouts, but I mean, that's since college, like there are defenders that you go at, you see on the scout and you like, yeah, we're going to go at him. Mm -hmm. Um, but with the rules and honestly, I mean, I think it's the talent level more than anything. Like these players are good. Like they're, they coming out of D one coming straight there or like dudes are coming out of high school Mm -hmm. and going to the G league, like Mm -hmm. 17, 18 year olds, like Mm -hmm. scoring on vets that's in the league so it's like i think it's more talent than anything like it's playing like just playing and practicing and things like that like it's just it's tough to guard especially somebody do the speed is fast it's fast (laughs) it's fast every movement is fast like the ball is not sticking to one person like it's if they don't have it they swinging it moving like it's it's pretty fast pace Mm -hmm. you have to definitely have your head on the swivel for sure i know some broadcasters who have called games not um, TV games or radio mm-hmm. games for the G League. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes they'll just go silent for like a minute, minute and a half because it's just boom, 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 yeah. boom, shot up in, and then you're going back the other direction. Yep. So it's just, that's crazy. That contrast between going from what you were at college now to playing against mm-hmm. these guys. I mean, you got to, 
it just must be harder to get in front of dude. Yeah, we were a defensive team in college, so really? we really so offense like it was free flowing, but a lot of it went through me. So it was more like to the basket, and we was taking time off the clock. We was it was low possession games right. in the G League and the NBA, even pro anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like since I've been, it's hard to really stop people possession. Also because the shot clock goes down to twenty four and right. things like that. So right. it's definitely more possessions which give people more opportunities to score. So it's gonna be high scoring games for 100%. sure. One hundred percent. Well and guys can score more. I mean the you know, guys are just better. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Right. So but anyway, you end up getting cut from your team in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Um, you come back to the United States. What was the connection again that got you? Uh, oh yeah, Aquinas. Yeah, Aquinas. Yeah, gold. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were you weren't there to actually be a player on the roster at first. No, you no. were just a practice player. Yep, they brought three of us in. They yeah. brought three practice players in. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they just needed to fill spots. Literally. All of a sudden, now you're on the roster. Mm-hmm. Was there like one practice somewhere in there where you're like, "Yeah, it went off." It was like it was definitely like the first two to three practices. Like it was a couple. We had a little scout team, so it was a three practice players, mm-hmm. and then two like bench players. And um, yeah, we were scrimmaging and stuff. And I was like doing like just regular athletic things. Like I would like cut back door and get a pass, and I'll go dunk it. Like mm-hmm. and then it was like, mm-hmm. oh, like. And it was just like, (laughs) yeah. And then I started like and defending and stuff like that. And I started playing defense well. And, and they, I mean, and I think it was also because I was always there early shooting, staying, Mm -hmm. asking questions, like always trying to lift and things like that. And just getting personal with each coach and just talking to them, not just asking them basketball questions, but just having a conversation with them. Like, I feel like that goes a long way for sure. When did you first fall in love with basketball? Man, since I could breathe. <laughs> For real. And I was a baseball player first. Really? Yeah, okay. I used to play baseball. But I always loved basketball. I was still watching basketball. Mm-hmm. And then I started growing. And then my cousin who played basketball too, and he probably was like the second best in our family for real. And mm-hmm. he was like, why don't you just like try to play? You watch it all the time. like yeah. And like. I would play around, but I didn't really play it for real. And I started playing, and he helped me out with that. Cool. It's been nothing but basketball since. Ever since. Ever since. Is it tough putting on the size? I mean, with how much you you run and how much you guys are, are doing stuff all mm. the time. I mean, you, obviously, you got to put on the size in order yeah. to play at the next level. Yeah. Is it tough doing that? Yeah, I'm still struggling today. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because, I mean, most of the things we do is agility work because, I mean, it's the middle of the season. So mm-hmm. we don't really do much. Heavy lifting is more like keeping what you have stable and solid and a lot of agility work so we could prevent injuries because, I mean, we have nine people on the roster right now, so that's a lot of minutes and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of back-to-backs in the G League too. So you have to preserve people's bodies. Like, we're really on the court for no more than an hour, ten. Mm -hmm. Anything else is what you're doing on your own, really. Right. Dietitians are obviously pretty important for these NBA franchises, making sure guys stay healthy and guys obviously improve. What's your diet look like? Terrible. (laughs) It's getting better, though. I'm starting. Nah, yeah. I do get a lot of protein shakes. Uh, They have them. They had a fridge full of protein shakes, so Mm -hmm. I start to make sure I get one every day. But, I mean, um, I've been I've been cooking lately, so right. we we doing better. We doing better. Right. When I was in Malta, though, I was cooking a lot. I was I had a nice diet. 
Really? It was a lot of it was a lot of chicken, baked chicken. It was a lot of salmon. It was a lot of now. Rice. Are you just kind of eating whatever they feed you? Like, do they have chefs? Um, yeah, they do. Uh, for after shoot arounds and then after the game, they usually have a nice little buffet mm-hmm. down by the locker room, so I, I get you. a plate. Yeah, so very cool. I mean, I, I see what they start to cook, and I try to think about ways like I can put that into my diet at home. So yeah. Well, hey, you're one phone call away. I appreciate you coming on. The oh yeah, for sure. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. But catch on Grand Rapids Gold, uh, the minor league affiliate of the Denver Nuggets, Arsenio Arrington. On Friday, tropical night. Friday, tropical night. You heard it here first. 7 p.m. Delta Plex. <laughs> Tell me we sent you. Hang with Wing Podcast. <laughs> The city's on fire and people are in denial Charges being labeled, we'll see what they do at trial I'm calling this shit from now Sweetheart deals that the judge has been handed down I haven't been able to see family for a while